All right. Hi, everybody. This is another episode of On Purpose. This is our biannual. How does that work, Heidi? Is it semi or tri- biannual? It's tri. It's triannual. We've recorded. <laughs> I think it's our third That's time it. this year. It absolutely is our third yeah. time. Yeah. yeah sure. um, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm good. By the way, I'm Dr. John Duffy. That's that's Heidi Stevens, your favorite Chicago Tribune columnist, award-winning. You've <laughs> won been, awards. I'm sure you've won uh, awards. I'm sure. Something. I got I got world's <laughs> best mom um, from Will in second grade, I think. Let's see. Oh, you can't do better yeah. than that. That's <laughs> exactly. I remember that. We all remember that night. <laughs> right. <laughs> Clooney right, no, presented was, that one to you. It was televised. Was it Clooney yeah. or Benifer? I don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I'm good. Um, and uh, I don't know. The whole state, I think, is reopening tomorrow, which makes me um, what? How would I sum up how I feel? Nervous? Um, not so much about the COVID numbers, because I think we are doing pretty well, um, like positivity rate wise and vaccination yep. rate wise. But um, like how people are going to behave. <laughs> <laughs> they come out of their houses and have to like wait in line and do like unpleasant things uh near each other i mean i don't know are you reading like the crazy way people are acting on planes and stuff it's like holy yes. moly yeah <laughs> yes. i don't i mean yes. there might be a bloodbath out there tomorrow night we'll see i know i actually um i am uh out in the suburbs today and i and there's a farmer's market on thursdays that i walk past oh that's and, gonna get bloody um, I know. <laughs> I kind of had this feeling. Get rid of carrots. <laughs> Take off your mask. Put on your mask. Yeah, right. I know. All That's sorts happening. of things, right? And then yeah. fighting over the bag of peaches, the last totally. one. I, I didn't go near it. I, I, you know, just too smart. A suburban farmer's market is like, you know, it's like warfare now. Do no, not totally. go near them. Totally. I agree. <laughs> yeah. So hopefully we all learn to behave ourselves on planes and otherwise the plane thing really throws me that people are and people are tearing up like uh steakhouses and things in the nude have you seen this thing like (laughs) what (laughs) in the nude or in the news no 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 in the nude uh it was a, a woman maybe a woman and a man i think i've got this right um fully naked in uh, I'm going to get this wrong, but I'm going to say an Outback Steakhouse. I might have the chain wrong, um, <laughs> but walking on the Was a Bloomin' Onion involved? Probably. Okay. Um, <laughs> and just naked and throwing things around the steakhouse, okay. um, which might be just a post-COVID celebration. They <laughs> might have done this back in 1918, and we're just not aware of how to celebrate uh, right. the end of a pandemic. I mean, right. so maybe we'll catch on. <laughs> <laughs> true but okay wait what happened at the steakhouse i'm i watched video i it, it's out there you can find this of a naked person um there, there so what i saw a video of this woman she's walking across the tables toward the kitchen and then you know there's the giant things of like i don't know barbecue sauce or whatever okay she's just Throwing them o- really deftly, by the way, o- like gallons of things over her shoulder, trashing the whole place, like really, really tearing it up. And nobody is going anywhere near her until I think at the end she gets tased, which seems <laughs> wow. oddly unnecessary. Like, <laughs> yeah, oh <laughs> given my that, you God. know, like, right, right. Um, but it, it, this was in Florida, which might not of be a surprise. Yeah. <laughs> but, of course, um, it was in Florida. 
Yeah, so I, I, I'm not saying that's representative of how people are behaving on the whole, but um, but it might be the direction we're headed. We'll have to just, it's a cautionary tale. It's a cautionary tale, Don't yeah. get too fired up. Yeah. Right, we'll see. Or you're going to find yourself naked in Outback Steakhouse throwing <laughs> the blooming onions around. Possibly taste. <laughs> right. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if we need to keep talking about that, do you think? I think we've covered it. And, you know, if you're really interested, I think there's video out there you can, you can pursue and endless articles. So, okay. enjoy. I'll Google it. Yeah. I'll Google it. I think there's a whole YouTube channel of, like, unruly airline passengers or something. For sure um, there is. Yeah. Okay. Um, I have a topic for us. Are you oh, ready? We should have uh, – yes, I thought – were you waiting for a sound effect or a drum or yeah. something? <laughs> <laughs> that is totally Scott, on me. Scott. Scott inserts those, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Scott Julie. Um, <laughs> for, the f- for the four people uh, listening at home, Scott is the – producer is that the right title scott, uh, scott is absolutely the producer and i've never met scott so i actually think scott is julie um john's wife because... and, and recently julie did a not great job of denying it, <laughs> right. I would say. right right <laughs> so i've mushed their names into one word like metaphor because i think they're the same person anyway um speaking of julie uh yeah. michael and i were at your guys's place the other night uh, having a lovely time now that we can gather face to face. Yeah, so it's still eat fun. Food together without masks on and not even outdoors. Um, and we were talking about um, how you have gone through a phase of like kind of obsessively watching Tucker Carlson. Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> and, um, you know, uh, correct me on anything I'm getting wrong here, but. Um, but I think that you said something about how, you know, one of the reasons that you feel sort of oddly drawn to um, his career and his rantings is that you can remember a time in your life where you were almost like on a path to become, um, if not Tucker himself, because um, I don't think you were pursuing a career in media, but like maybe a Tucker acolyte or like a a more, you know, a more conservative guy who may have in a different life, um, on a different life path, you know, become, um, someone who would support his views and watch his show and cheer along. And, and then you veered onto a very different path. And, um, I asked you that night what changed, like what put you on a different path. Um, and you said, Julie, and, um, we didn't, we didn't probe that a whole lot, but, but it got me thinking about, um, what happens in people's lives, who or what happens in people's lives that takes them from one path, whether it's a career path or a marriage path or any kind of path and makes them sort of stop and go, oof, I don't, this, I don't want to become that person. Um, or I don't want to stay in this situation. It's time for me to, um, it's time for me to change course. I feel like there's a lot of that happening right now. Um, sort of as the pandemic is winding down and, and we can talk about 
all the different ways that's happening that I'm seeing and you probably are too. Um, but I just wanted to talk for a second from like your, your personal experience and also your clinical experience, like what often drives people to sort of stop in their tracks and question, like, is this, is this really what I want my life to be? Um, does this really feel right? Or do I need to make some pretty major changes? Yep. Um, yeah. So, um, in my personal story, uh, part of what you're referring to, and man, you just encapsulated that perfectly, Heidi, um, is, um, my college years, my post-collegiate years, my first days on the job as an accountant. And, you know, this kind of feeling I had almost immediately. I mean, day one at this accounting firm where I realized like, wow, this is, this is the punchline. This is the end game. Like this is, this is adulting and this doesn't, nothing about this feels good to me. Nothing, nothing Mm -hmm. feels right about this to me. Um, and I did a, I would say relative to most young people I know and work with, I did a pretty terrible job of listening to myself Mm-hmm. And then pivoting. I waited way too long, suffered way too much anxiety for way too many years before just listening to something I think I knew the whole time. You know, that, that yeah. you know, I, I actually know I did. I know right. I knew exactly what I wanted to do. And I just was afraid to do it. And a lot of it had to do in my story, and maybe this is true of a lot of people, with my parents. I, mm-hmm. I had this um I think a lot of times we follow our parents' lead or we're kind of, um, a narrative is drawn around us. This was true of me anyway, that um, I was a certain way. And, you know, um, and somehow in my, the mind's eyes of my parents, you know, becoming a therapist was not, <laughs> was not part of the narrative. Yeah. But that I was okay at high school math would suggest that a lifelong uh, career in accounting seems to fit right. And I, I think it also kind of smacked um, in our, I, I, you might remember that Julie described my house that I grew up in as the tiniest, shittiest little house in Park Ridge, <laughs> Illinois. <laughs> well, I wasn't going to bring that part up. But well, and, she, but, <laughs> and, and, uh, and she was being generous. It was, okay. <laughs> <laughs> there, were, there was brick involved, but other than that, you know, there wasn't much in the way of building materials. <laughs> and so I think for my parents to have me go to a, uh, a good college and get a good job, that felt like a win for the family, you know? Yeah, um, and, sure. uh, and so, you know, I didn't want to shift that narrative. I, I, I didn't, I don't think I had the courage to, to be honest, that that's mm-hmm. why I'm so impressed sometimes with young people pressing back and when they know who they are, what they want, you know, who they want to be and yeah. kind of like holding their ground, you know, I feel like, Ooh, you know, we'd be, I know deep in my heart somewhere, we'd be remiss if we just dismissed that. If we yep. just said, you know, like you can't be that you can't be a rapper, you, you know, because yeah. We don't like that, you know, yeah, I, get with I, the program. fundamentally, yeah, I yeah. fundamentally feel like, oof, nope, there's something there that might, it might not be the end game, but there's something there we shouldn't ignore. Yeah. Yeah. No, we talk, you and I talk a lot about how important it is uh, for both of us to give kids the space and permission to listen to their gut, right? To not, yeah. to not 
have something kind of bubbling up in in their tummies um, and, <laughs> and 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 not honor that and not stop and go like wait what is this telling me um, yeah. that's like a huge life skill I feel well and and shutting it down I, I think shutting it down and this this was true for me if you shut that down and you say you can't do that then there's this idea, oh, I, then I guess I shouldn't listen to my instincts or my intuition in general. I should just toe the party line. And I can speak from my own personal experience there as well that, you know, like always doing what you think is the right thing, but somewhere inside it feels wrong to you um, is a, a, a very potent recipe for anxiety and depression and isolation and loneliness and, um, and not even um, if you don't have a whole lot of insight. It took me years to generate the insight to recognize like, oh, oh, I'm not. Uh, I, that's why I'm anxious. I'm not listening to myself. You know, right, um, right. it can really cause some problems as life goes on. And when I and I, I have the privilege of witnessing this um, in my office, when you can see parents saying, you know, like, you know, well, I, I support you in whatever it is that you want to do, um, you know, but I want you to do something or something, you know, something mm -hmm. like, you know, th that shows like I have faith in you and I trust your instincts. and I want you to listen to your intuition and follow your your wishes, desires and dreams, you know, like that might seem like, I don't know, snowflakey pie in the sky stuff that, you know, um, uh, isn't part of the real world, but it, it really is, you know, um, and I think oftentimes the intuition is, I think I know where my acumen lies, you know, not just mm -hmm. what I, not just what I can do or, you know, I'd like to do, but I might be, it might be where my, my, um, skill set is, you know, um, mm -hmm. and ignoring that or encouraging kids to ignore that I think can lead them the wrong way in ways we can't anticipate the wrong way in relationships, right? I'm going to go, I'm going to pick the wrong person and end up with them and linger longer than I should in a, in a, in a relationship that isn't working for me or him or her, because, um, this looks good. You know what I mean? Yeah. This looks good. This is what we're supposed to do. Right. You know? and, the and the, supposed to's, the yeah. shoulds and the supposed to's make me very nervous. Right. Same. So what happened with Julie, not to pry, but I'm going to pry. Um, yeah. obviously, <laughs> you know me, I pry. Um, <laughs> like, was she like, you know, is there a way that you can uh, explain, like, what about that relationship helped you give yourself the space and permission to say, like, I don't want to be an accountant or I don't want to be conservative or I don't want to be, you know, what, like, the sort of changes that that relationship opened you up to? Was it just, like, conversations you guys had or was it, like, that you wanted to win her heart or, like just a different example that she led that you could follow or what do you think? Yeah. I'm just so yeah, curious no. about like what I, I love hearing about what like sort of shakes people awake. Um, yep. Yeah. No. And, and with Julie, so I met Julie in an improv class um, while I was still working in, in this accounting firm. And, um, and she was kind of like this, like um, bright light. I was interested in her very quickly I often deny that and say she was interested in me right away, but I'll be honest here. And, you know, I was absolutely <laughs> interested sure in her. <laughs> Let's go with that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and, and she kind of, 
you know Julie a little bit. I, I needed somebody in my life um, who was sure of themselves. And Julie would say, like, I don't know if I was completely sure of myself then, but she had this kind of, like, ethic and this core that felt just like truth and, and reality to me. Mm. And, um, and, and she was kind of really clear, like, Oh, you don't want to do this. Like, you know, you, you have permission to do something else. You need to give yourself that permission. And mm -hmm. I, so, so she kind of shifted my paradigm and, um, and I trusted her. So there was this kind of great set of things that came together all at once for me where this kind of, you know, lightning bolt of, of a human being comes into my life and says, and, and is very clear and reflects to me what I'm saying, but I've never had the courage to say out loud, you know, like, mm. oh, this, this is not working for you. You keep coming home like ashen and you, you, yeah. you know, she, she would say like, you know, you leave here happy and you come home like E.T. while he's dying in the swamp. Oh. <laughs> and, and so something must happen in between. That's right. Not good. <laughs> I think it's your job. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Um, and so and so um, and, and it was so this strength in her kind of I, I was willing to very willing to ride that even when I was nervous about it. Like, you know, at one, I remember one afternoon in Lincoln park, she's like, you know what, it's time to tell your parents, we're going to go, go drive out there and tell them that you are going to quit this job. And I remember mm. in my she mind's came eye, I'm like, yeah, okay, oh, yeah. in my yeah. mind's eye, I'm kind of like, you know, tugging at her dress. Like, and then right. like, yeah, she gets <laughs> off the bench, like, no, 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 no. we got to talk this through. Please don't go. <laughs> <laughs> you They're tell them, so you upset. tell them, yeah. and then let me know how it went. <laughs> Heidi, it's so good that she didn't offer to do that because I wouldn't have moved from the bench for 60 hours. <laughs> but she also knew that. She knew, like, you have to do this. Like, you have to yeah. tell them. And, uh, you know, and I remember saying on the drive out there, listen, they're not going to be happy. This is not going to go well. And she was kind of like, okay. You know, right. but them be, but there, there's an economy here and them being unhappy um, and, and you being this unhappy, I'll take them being a little mm. unhappy. I'll take them mm. being a little disappointed if that's what it is. That, it's oh my worth God. It entirely. Brilliant. Right. Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's the, that's the core of it for me. And I was kind of like, um, on, a, a war path from there on, you know, once I realized, like, I felt so liberated from the expected family narrative that, um, I have, you know, done exactly what, uh, my intuition and gut has told me to do pretty much consistently, virtually daily. I kind of check in with that, um, in part because, um, Julie 30 years ago, taught me to trust that, you know, um, and, uh, and, and I, and that's become part of my mission with kids. And it's, uh, it doesn't please every set of parents I work with because I don't know. I'm always, sure it doesn't. I, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it doesn't. But, but, I, but in the end, it's, it, it, you know, I, I do talk to them about it and, you know, point out, I share my story a lot and, mm -hmm. um, and I, I, I want people to recognize that in their kids that, you know, like, Hey, you know, they're coming from a point of view and what's cool about parenting part of it anyway, 
is it's not your point of view. It shouldn't be. The, it, you right. know, it's it's amazing when it's not. You know, um, and when they've got their own thing that is very different than your thing or very different than the expected thing. And if you don't ride that out, um, I'm the cautionary tale that says like, mm, that can that can be very very symptomatic. You know, right? Um, and uh, you know, and I can speak taking it to a slightly, well, a significantly darker place to mm -hmm. my younger brother, uh, Tom, who mm -hmm. um, he was brilliant. He was an artist. Um, and I think as a as a family, we did a terrible job um, honoring him, supporting him, recognizing what was brilliant in him because he didn't he went further off the map than I did, you know, mm. um, by, by a lot, you know, yeah. um, and, uh, and that, that element of rejection, you know, you're not one of us, you're not like us. Mm -hmm. And so that's not going to do that mm -hmm. is so damaging, you know, yeah. and, um, you know, we can, and I can say like, uh, I can say, Oh, Tom, you know, uh, died by suicide because of depression or drug abuse or, uh, a uh, number of other things, but really there's this element of rejection and a broken heart that is fundamentally at the core of it, you know, and the, mm -hmm. that's not in the diagnostic manual, but that's how it went, you know, if I'm being yeah. honest. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. That's really powerful. Every single word of what you just said. Um, I, I feel like I'm like literally taking notes. Um, I feel mm -hmm. like, um, one of the things I want to take away from that, and and maybe other people will too, is just to um, try to be the person who speaks up on the behalf of someone you love. Um, and so Julie did that for you, right? I mean, she yeah. she didn't watch you come home from work unhappy and just be like, oh my God, I hate when he gets home from work. I'm going to make sure I'm at the gym or I'm going to make sure, you know, like, right. She like got in there, like, look, this is not okay for you. Yeah. You know, it's right. not okay for you. Um, and, and, and helped you, you know, helped you change, um, make a big scary change. And, and what you're saying about your brother too. Um, you know, like there's so many of us have relationships where we, we have somebody that we love who could use our um, advocacy on their behalf, you know, yeah. or just their shoulder to cry on or lean on or, or, or to be the person like, again, I'm going to go back to Julie, but to say like, I'll go with you to your parents, you know, like uh, my, I have a friend, a friend and I are going are helping another friend through something the hard. And, mm -hmm. and we said recently, like, if you want, when you're ready to talk to your mom about it, like, we'll go with you. Like, let us go with you. Um, and, and she ended up not needing us to, and that's totally okay too. But like, um, that was my other friend's idea. Like, let's go with her. And I was like, Oh my God, that's brilliant. Of course we should go with her. Um, like, of course people shouldn't feel like they have to be alone during these hard conversations and sit there with their parents reaction, you know, <laughs> Alone, oh, or yeah. you, know, you know, name the hard figure that you're talking to, um, to just have to sit and face their disappointment alone or their shaming of you alone. Um, I think that that's so huge that she wasn't like, go tell your parents. She was like, let's go tell your parents. You know, Heidi, I had never, I, I don't think in all this time, I've really thought enough about that element of that day and how differently it would have gone 
if I'd have gone alone, you know, like mm-hmm. that there was this kind of like knowing Julie was there, had my back, um, was, and I knew like, if I stumble on this, which I very well might, um, she'll help me. She'll fill in yep. the gaps, you know, yeah. like she'll remember what it is I want to say here. Um, yeah. and that, that was no small element of getting past that, you know, yeah. um, knowing that somebody was really there like physically with me, but also like emotionally completely supportive of where I was headed, you know, like yeah. that, that was a really big deal, you know? Um, and then to, um, to finally express, you know, to take it a, a step further to finally express like, you know, um, I remember telling Julie, like, here's what I really want to do. And to have somebody kind of in a matter of fact way said, say, you know, like back to me, even though we're talking about like five years of graduate school, we're not going to make any money where we're going to have a child in between, you know, yeah. and she was still like, oh, okay, yeah, let's do that. You know, yeah. kind of like a uh, very matter of fact and, you know, almost like that sounds like an adventure. Let's, let's go on that. Like, like let's take that ride. That mm-hmm. sounds interesting. Uh, instead of like, Ooh, yeah, I don't know. You know, it seems a little late for that. Like, you know, right. you're 30 and you know, <laughs> right, right, right. And yeah. she didn't, you know, like truly, but it was, there was never a moment of that. It was always like, yes, absolutely. That seems right. You seem sure of it. Let's go, you know, mm-hmm. and her, you know, her kind of reflecting back to me, you, you know what you're doing. So just let's go, you know, like yeah. let's sign up for the class, you know, um, that, that was everything, you know, um, and, you know, I guess, you know, what, one message that seems like more clear as you ask questions here <laughs> for, for parents or anybody is like, you know, somebody, um, if there's, if, if somebody has anxiety or depression, you know, part of it might be that we're trying to get them to live a life that is not genuine to them. It doesn't feel yeah. authentic somehow, you know? Yeah. Um, and uh, and I think sometimes it's um, maybe sometimes it's hard to do, but um, but I think it's way harder not to. Um, I I was this this is uh, I'll, I'll see if I can make this <laughs> this um, this metaphor work. But I I worked recently with a girl who is very unsure of her sexuality, right? Of her, of her sexual preference, where she falls in the LGBTQ, um, layout, you know, she's Mm -hmm. just not sure, but she's, she's certain she is not straight cisgender. Um, and, uh, and she feels like she is kind of being really pressed to dress normally, you know, with Mm -hmm. air quotes around it. And, you know, Mm -hmm. like, um, and act normally and, um, you, you know, quit reading that, quit looking at that, mm. quit, you know, take that poster down, down in your room. Just mm. can, can you just be normal? Yeah. And, um, and the argument that the parents make for that, knowing, I think, or, or fearing that she might not be straight is, um, well, I don't want you to have a hard life. And this child very clearly is saying, this is the hard life, right? The easier life is, you know what I mean? Like the hard part is trying to live, live this lie, this bullshit. Um, the, you know, I think it's going to be way easier to just be me. You know what I mean? Like trying to be the me you want me to be. That's hard. I don't know how to do that very well. I suck at that, you know, Right. right? And I don't really enjoy it a whole lot. 
Like, well, and some corollary there. Living with the constant message that your parents don't really like the way you turned out. What could yes. be harder than that? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For Literally, sure. what could be harder than that? I can't think of yep. anything. Nothing. No, I think that 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 ruins a person for sure. Yeah. You know, um, I remember seeing uh, Paul Simon, the singer, interviewed um, a few years ago. So he's in his 70s. He's had all this success. He's, you know, world world renowned. Um, and uh, and I don't, I don't, maybe it was David Letterman. Somebody had said, you know, like, wow, it must be um, you, you must trip over your own ego you're mm. so successful. And he yeah. said, oh, I'm not, he very matter of factly said, I'm not successful. He's like, what are you talking about? Like, you know, <laughs> like you were, you're Simon and Garfunkel. You wrote the, yeah. the greatest songs. Ever. And he said, um, well, my father never told me he was proud of me. And uh, that was, that was the sole criteria, you know, like, you know, yeah. and his father's gone. So he'll never feel that, you know, never and, hear it. Right. Right. So, you know, what, what can look like, you know, um, you know, this perfect life, you know, if you don't, if you don't let somebody know you're, you're, you know, you're proud of where they want, even if it's not where you wanted them to go, um, or you honor it at the very least, you know, I think that's, that's a big part of it too. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. So can I, I, before we finish, can I turn the question around on you a little bit? Yeah, totally. All right. So, so you've been in journalism since you were, Pretty four. young, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, four years four, old. Four, right, 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 yeah. right. Because it's been twenty some years at least. Right. Um, yeah, I'm almost yeah. twenty-eight. Right, right, mm -hmm. right, right, right. <laughs> no, uh, twenty. So <laughs> twenty-three years of the Tribune, and a couple years before that in uh, Northwest Indiana. So about twenty-five years. So, so do we give your parents abundant credit then for supporting this this um, dream career of yours, which um, let's face it, it is harder to get a, to create a career in journalism than it is in accounting. I mean, part of my parents thing was about scarcity, like, Ooh, don't go into the scarce field, go into the abundant field. There's a lot of accountants out there. Yeah. My parents didn't talk to me about my career. <laughs> oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't say they had like set expectations for me, which is kind of liberating and freeing. I also wouldn't say I got a lot of guidance. Um, yeah. It was a weirdly hands-off compared to now era, I would say, of parenting to grow up in the sort of, you know, late 70s to 80s and early 90s. You know, I graduated high school in 92. I don't know. I just don't remember a lot of conversations about like, where I'm expected to apply for college or what majors would be responsible and what would be frivolous or like, they just sort of left me alone, um, yeah. which is empowering, um, and imparts a, a sense of trust that you'll do the right thing. Yeah. Um, and I would say that's probably been the best model that my parents have offered me. I would say also, and it, I don't, this, I'm not even going to, this is going to sound like a criticism, but it's not because it was just very in line with how all my friends were parented at the time, really. Um, they just weren't that involved, you know, they yeah, just didn't yeah. really know what I was scared of or excited about or trying to figure out. Um, they just sort of like, they were out at literally physically out of town a lot. Like I just stayed home alone a lot 
in high school, which is hard for me to imagine now that I have a high schooler. Right. Um, <laughs> but like, I just was alone a lot. Um, I don't remember a lot of like, you know, what's your report card look like? Or, you know, how, I, I just, I don't, I don't think that was really on their radar, I'll be honest. And, and again, there's some beauty in that, you know, like I did not have the weight of their expectations or their disappointment or their, um, path that they had carved out for me. Um, I really never felt that, um, I think I just kind of told them at some point I'm a journalism major and they're like, okay, uh, uh, I got a job at the Tribune. Oh, okay. You know, I mean, my dad joked, like, do I have to subscribe? Because, like, I don't want my neighbors to think I'm a Republican if they see the Tribune <laughs> in my driveway. Like, there were, you know, but I, I, they just have never been, like, you know, um, in a outward public way, super, super invested in what I do or don't do with my life. And that, you know, that that's liberating. It's a little, I will say, um, foreign to me as a parent because I feel incredibly incredibly invested in, um, what my kids do or don't do. And, and I hope it's in a healthy way, like just that I'm, I'm curious and interested and want to know it all and want to help them through any of it. Not in a way that's like, oh no, we're not, we're not taking that language. We're taking the other one. Like I don't do any of that stuff. I think you Um, and I have talked enough about this where that's abundantly clear. I don't think we want to press (laughs) June or Will onto a certain path. Right. I'm definitely not. resonate with that. Definitely not. Definitely not. Um, so, yeah, I think I probably just had a very different, you know, childhood in all the ways from, from right. you. But I think what you're talking about is very common and probably what I'm talking about is very common also. Yep. Um, I will say that, like, one of the big um, kind of aha moments I'm going to go down a different path in my life was um, – when I decided to leave my husband, my first husband, um, and, um, forge out on a path as a single mom, (laughs) um, with a two and six year old, which was insane. But, um, that I, um, I got very, very sick. I got meningitis and I was in the hospital and, um, and part of it I attributed to being, um, exhausted and like, overworked in every single way and not getting any help. Um, sure. And you know, that might have been what I, what caused me to get meningitis or it might not have, but in my mind, that's what caused it. Um, I don't know why it, you know, it's a virus, but anyway, um, but it seems like a pretty reasonable thought. I get, I, I certainly <laughs> can follow that thread. Right. You yeah. Know, I mean, it does seem like you must've been exhausted and, um, my God, that's almost unfathomable to think about what that time must have been like for for you, for June and Will. I mean, just they were you know, so little. Such, yeah, right. They were so but little. Such I was a still, redefinition of life. Totally, I was still yeah. breastfeeding Will. Like that. I mean, wow. You know, that was like when I weaned because I was in the hospital with meningitis, which is just crazy. But anyway, um, <clears throat> I remember thinking, like, if I get out of here alive, like, um, I'm leaving my husband. I mean, I, you know, I, this is this this is not going to be my life. Like I'm not going to be someone who's sick and overwhelmed and not feeling valued and unhappy. Like it's just, I'm not going to kill myself for, um, a so-so marriage, um, just to keep my kids in a intact family. And, um, you know, it took a little while to, to find the 
courage and do all the things. Um, but I did. And, and I think that's, um, also with the, the details varying, but that sort of experience is also somewhat common where you have, um, a period of trauma or hardship or a, a rock bottom moment of like, something's got to change. Um, yeah. you know, sometimes it's something beautiful, like what you and Julie found with each other. And sometimes it's something hard. That's like, oof, if I don't change something like this is it, um, this yeah. is my life. And, um, that's, I think what, what a lot of people are experiencing right now with, this pandemic too. And we, you know, you and I were talking about this a little earlier, how you right. know, so many people right now are like, yeah, I'm not going back to that career where I traveled Monday through Friday and missed, you know, band night and homework and bedtime. And I'm not, I'm not doing it anymore. Um, or, you know, I'm not going back to that shitty sub minimum wage job. You know, you've got people complaining about how they can't find enough, servers for their restaurant right. or whatever it's like well people are tired of being treated like they're disposable they just lived through a pandemic that didn't kill them and now they're like okay i don't think i'll go back to the things that were almost killing me i think yeah. i'll try something different to where i feel a little more valued and if i and can't find a place that makes yeah, me feel valued i'll forge my own path you know yeah um, and so i just think there's like I, I, it's part of the reason I wanted to talk about this and get your perspective today. Cause I think, you know, the people who, who survived this past year and, and yeah. whether they lost someone or, or didn't lose someone, I think it made all of us feel like, um, okay, that was a close one. <laughs> yeah. Um, what do I want to let remain in my life and what do I not have room for anymore? Yeah, I think recognizing like, ooh, this this whole life and lifestyle is a little more fragile than I thought it was. I thought there were yeah. some givens, right? You know, in the pandemic, yeah. I think took a lot of the givens away. Like, they, yes. you know, my, the people I love are going to be safe, and you know, and my job is intact, and uh, you know, and I should take whatever I can get, whatever scraps I can get, or you know, or or the opposite. But regardless, you know, like we take stock, right? You know, hopefully we take this moment because this moment might be brief. Julie and I were talking the other day about like the, the risk of not pausing here for a moment mm -hmm. and taking stock, right? And just going back to the way things were as opposed to like, you know, thinking about like, what do we take away from this? There's gotta be right. some difference in my life that I want to continue to foster or make. Um, and I think, I think, you know, listening to intuition around that is probably not the worst guide. I don't know a better one. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, I think that's maybe where we're headed. And, you know, um, and I like that, you know, um, that ability that you had, there's some strength I really admire in recognizing, you know, in, like in your first marriage, like, oh, this, this isn't going to work for me. Like, you know, and maybe, maybe, you know, it took like, you know, not being well for a while to recognize that. But I suspect you would have recognized it one way or another at some point and decided, like, you know, I I got to go like this. is mm -hmm. This is just not going to work, even though we have little kids and, you know, financially, it makes more sense probably to stay. Mm -hmm. There are probably a, a hundred reasons to stay. Right. And yet, um, you know, deep down, you knew, like, mm -mm, this is this is not this isn't good for me. And, yeah. you know, and so I got to go, you know, yep. um, 
And that's, that's powerful. Yeah. 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 Well, um, so, so I, what are we encouraging in people and just to <laughs> listen, right? I think we're encouraging people to listen to the, cause but, we've got 1.8 million people who really got to get to work. That's um, right. That's right. <laughs> I think I've got the number right. No, I think, yeah, I think listenership doubled, um, during today's episode. Right. Um, uh, and by doubled, I mean, um, increased more than doubled. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> Listen for sure to yourself, to your own gut, which can be hard, but, you know, is always worth, you know, reminding yourself to do. Um, And also, like, I think for the people that we um, love, be, you know, be the permission that there might, that they might not be getting from anywhere else to um, listen to themselves, right? To, you know, be the person who says, like, to our kids or our spouse or our best friend or our mom. Um, you know, what's your gut telling you? And like, yeah, let's, yeah. let's help you listen to that. Yeah. Yeah. Nope. I love that. I love that. And that was a, a great time to just remind ourselves of that. Um, okay. Well, this, this was on purpose. It's so good to be back here. I know. Wait, where let's are you? Not, well, uh, are you at the I'm, farmer's I'm, market? I'm, I'm, <laughs> Doc, I'm actually knocking people. <laughs> I'm coming. I see the last bag of peaches. As soon as we're done, I'm running for it. <laughs> uh, back here talking is what you probably meant, right? Exactly right. Okay. Precisely. Are we ever going to meet right. in person again, do you think, to record? Uh, I don't know. First, we're going to have to find the courage, which, and that it's going to be easier for you than me. I know this. <laughs> To go go to, to a studio, <laughs> <laughs> exactly, right. I'm gonna need you to be Julie for a minute and just say you're just gonna ask her. You're gonna go in and you're gonna tell Mary Boyle we're using that studio. <laughs> okay, we're not Allie. paying for it, and we need a Wi-Fi password. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, so next next time we record, we'll yes, we'll be, exactly. Uh, we'll be WGN. let's make studios okay <laughs> let's let's manifest that <laughs> okay all right perfect. heidi all right, all right good talking Talk to you, to you next time okay all right good talking bye to bye. you bye